Welcome back, and you're listening to Journeys with Rebecca. I have a really spectacular guest today, as I told you earlier. His name is Alan Watt, and he is an author, an educator, a musician, a esoteric um, historian, also writes poetry, um, a man of many, many, many different talents. I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hi, Alan. Hello. Oh, it's so nice to have you here today. That's a pleasure, yeah. And, you know, I guess I need to let everyone know that today we're going to be talking about something called Cutting Through the Matrix. And what I'd like to do is kind of turn that over to you and let you explain to the audience what does that exactly mean to them, Cutting Through the Matrix. Uh, the Matrix is the, 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 the source uh, and the world you live in at the same time. It's an ongoing programming uh, uh, that gives us what we think is normalcy, uh, which we accept as normalcy, never figuring out that it's just a continuation of um, a plan, a scientifically created plan uh, that's not new, it's been on the go for a long time, and has been written about by many elitists uh, who belong to very wealthy families and are the head of top organizations with the means and the power to actually implement their plans on the public. Um, we don't realize that uh, we're trained from childhood to take specific roles in society, thinking that simply because everything exists the way it is that we're born into, then it must be natural, and yet nothing is further from the truth. And when you go into the big movers and shakers uh, from mainly the 1700s onwards, you'll find they wrote about the types of society and the changes in society that they would create down through the next few hundred years towards what they called a utopia for themselves, um, but really a, a form of slavery for the masses. And uh, they would use entertainment, uh, education, and all of the other sciences to actually indoctrinate the students into thinking that it was all quite normal. And this has been ongoing. It's a shock to some people to hear it for the first time. Um, but when you realize that your media is not there to, uh, to use the Masonic term, inform you, form you within, it's the issue, it truly is there to shape your mind and to tell you what's important, what isn't important. Uh, in other words, don't worry about anything. We are in charge. And the public have succumbed and given over, over their own reasoning powers to the media. They truly believe it is there to do the reasoning for them. So we're being, we're being scientifically led along a path uh, towards a definite uh, goal which has been published and, and printed movies too. Um, the main authors of the, the past century, the H.G. Wells, Aldo Huxley types, uh, worked for big government institutions which were working on ways of creating the perfect mass society to be run by a small group of elitists. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's go back to, and this is something that I actually, Alan, had a conversation with a group of people that I used to run around with years ago. We talked about um, the society that was created and, and how it was created, and you have just given me the um, term of 1700 when this utopia that you called it, that they were creating for themselves, was actually kind of 
uh, brought forward and it, it kind of manifested itself and then the actions were taken and you call them the group of the elitists. Mm-hmm. Um, besides being the elitists, do they have another name that, that society might recognize? Well, we can actually go all the way back to Plato because they're using a term that Plato used in his book, The Republic, written about 2,300 years ago, where he went through this future society, um, and he called the, the top class the guardian class. They would be the guardians of all information, culture, creation, and uh, the system, in other words. They would control all of the system, and they would do it. Um, eventually, they said they would create a society where people would be purpose-bred for their tasks that they performed for the elite. And it, they even talked about eugenics 2,300 years ago. Um, when we jump forward in time, we find the same things being talked about in the in the 1700s when we had mystic Kabbalah mixed in uh, as the precursor to communism, really, or socialism, and uh, or metaphysics, really, is what they, they termed it at the time, where they just instinctively felt they could create a new type of Superman um, through science, and that evolved into um, Darwinism. Uh, basically social Darwinism survival of the fittest uh, the new Superman to come out of that came Nazism and communism and we're seeing the end products today where science is going full steam ahead at methods of producing purpose made type clones which will be specifically raised for the tasks they will do uh, right from 2,300 years ago from Plato's Republic. It's incredible when you realize that the world has been run by an esoteric group for thousands of years. And yet it's it's less incredible when you realize that these are sciences which were taught in ancient times and and have been taught down through the centuries to elitists in, in every generation, but it's been kept quiet from the public. Okay, so um, does anyone actually know who these people actually are? We know mainly from the writers that at least front for them, who are generally members of the minor nobility, at least sometimes the higher nobility, uh, the Aldo Huxleys. um, The Huxleys were for generations involved with Darwinism. Uh, Thomas Huxley was the professor um, who was befriended Charles Darwin and promoted the cause after Darwin died. And, and then we find his grandson coming out with Brave New World in the 1930s with a whole agenda where people will be raised uh, living on drugs genetically created in, in laboratories. Um, no individuality amongst them. In fact, not even the ability to realize they were a, a separate, independent uh, thinking being. That was written about in the 1930s. And sure enough, um, in Brave New World Revisited, which was a non-fiction book, Huxley, who worked with the Tavistock uh, Institute of England um, in mind control of populations, uh, he admitted in his second book that uh, this was the world they were creating in his non-fiction work. So it, 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 we see it all today, it's all coming true. The science could t- to go in many different directions, but it isn't. It's been steadily going towards genetics, 
uh, to create new types of life, what they call more perfected uh, worker bees, you might say. And that's where it's all heading today. Yeah. Well, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, I can I can sit back and, and, and you know, just kind of let things flow over my mind. And, you know, I, and I absolutely see what you're saying. It's, it's just like the school system. Everyone is being taught that they have to do and learn and know these things in order to be able to accelerate to the next grade level, mm-hmm. et cetera, and so forth. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's very much a control thing. If you don't send your child to school, if you don't do these things, then obviously you're in trouble with the law mm-hmm. and you're in trouble with the government for not doing these, not following these, yeah. uh, this set of criteria. And um, that's, that's pretty frightening when you, you know, when you start to think about it. I mean, that's, that makes absolute sense when you like, take a look at the world in which we live in. And, you know, there's been numerous people that in the recent years have, have really lamp-blasted the media for their sensationalism and, and how things are actually reported and what is really reported and that kind of thing. Um, that's come under a lot of scrutiny. Um, this, is, this is actually, you know, uh, pretty dynamic stuff here is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cutting through the matrix, um, you've actually have got um, three parts to that right now. You have uh, cutting through part one is the androgynous agenda. Uh, number two is the glimpse into the great work. And number three is the esoteric unveiled and the meaning of revelation in the high Masonic tradition. Um, is there any more to this or is this the third set all of that as far as cutting through the matrix. Yeah, there's also CDs of the early talks I gave in 1998 uh, on radio um, to do with the beginnings of religion and how religion itself was important in the establishment of cultures and uh, and also how esoteric uh, religions religions were practiced by the high priests themselves, which um, wasn't the, the general population were not given access to. So there were always a, there's always a dualistic religion on the go behind religion uh, with an esoteric side of it too that the public are basically barred for, and it definitely working towards uh, a great type of work as they say in masonry. Uh, that's what it's founded upon. Um, uh, creating new types of humans. It's always been the goal of esoteric groups, perfecting humanity, as they call it. Well, and you know, talking about people living on uh, genetically manufactured uh, drugs, um, mm-hmm. you know, I've had the uh, privilege of actually interviewing um, many traditional doctors here on this show. Yeah. And many of them will, will, will talk about the fact that. drugs and therapies, and that's not what the body was intended for. Yeah. So we even have, you know, I mean, we, there's, there's people out there that still know what the truth is, obviously, because they're that they're standing against what what what, what we're talking about here today, which I think is, you know, that's pretty viable and, and pretty valuable that we're not all, you know, caught up in, in the scenario that we all have probably felt that there was many things wrong. And, it looks like you probably put this all together so that we can really figure out where does this stem from, what's the purpose behind it, mm-hmm. and then I think that's going to help people clear their paths a little bit to figure out what they now need to do to not be part of of all of that. Mm-hmm. And I 
think this is a great thing that you're doing here is by bringing this into the forefront. Obviously, it's controversial for many people yeah. to listen to this, but I think this stuff is, is what's important because we do need to know what the truth is. We can't, we cannot evolve um, as spirit beings, as, as individuals. We get caught up in being part of the matrix. I think that's just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's a fact. Uh we're so well conditioned scientifically and, and uh, you'll find a lot of this proof is written about by one of the main leaders in culture creation put out by the elite and he was Lord Bertrand Russell um, who was born in the 1800s and lived through a good part of the 1900s um, he studied philosophy mainly but he also studied uh, how cultures were created, manipulated, uh, altered, so that the public never realized that they were being shaped along a certain course which the elite themselves had pre-planned. And this should be continued, he said, in his writings. There's a book he wrote called um, Roads to Freedom, early in the 1900s, and another one called Education and the Good Life. Now, he was given permission by the British royalty to establish private schools, experimental schools, which um, did things which would be banned maybe even today, I don't know. But certainly at that time, it was very risque because he, he got mixed schools and he encouraged uh, pre-puberty sex uh, contact between the, the male and the females to see what effect it would have in their later years. And they found that if they encouraged this type of, of uh, sexual contact uh, with no holes barred, no stigma attached to it, then those children would, would raise up and never really need a permanent marriage partner because marriage, uh, according to Russell and all the groups behind them, marriage had to be destroyed to control the individual. Um, because marriage, even, even two people in a sense, uh, are the smallest remnant of a tribal uh, system. So the, the government wanted direct control to the individual and they had to, to uh, destroy the male and female um, connection. So he wrote, he, had, he, he wrote about his experiments from his own schools in uh, education and the good life. And he said in that book, now this is a British lord, a long lineage uh, type British lord writing about it. And he said, we, uh, the elite, used to believe we would eventually have to take every child from the mother as soon as it was born and raise it by the state to give it the perfect values. He said, but now we've found through scientific indoctrination, if we can get the children as young as two years old at kindergarten, we can scientifically induce um, the system into them so that their parents will be unable to pass on their own moral values to that child. And that's when they decided to go ahead with kindergarten rather than the communist style of removing the child from the mother at birth. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. Look at the state our marriages are in today. Yes, they, 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 oh. they, they knew they'd have to destroy marriage. Uh -huh. Well, I, I unfortunately think that they've done a... Um, Complete job. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. that's sad. Oh, mm -hmm. my goodness. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that's just giving me the bad news, really, there, Alan. That's just so unfortunate. Yes. And this was a British lord that did this. A, a British lord with the authority and backing of the British crown. Yeah. 
So, um, anything recent on them, though, Alan? I mean, yeah, we can go on from there, and then we find another famous player in history. Uh, was it was again Charles Galton Darwin, the grandson of Charles Darwin, who in the 1950s, and being a physicist, uh, he wrote a book called The Next Million Years, and how they would control it, the, the same elite, which is quite the boast. But in that book, he said he said there are too many commoners being uh, born. Eventually, there'll be a point where they'll overcome and overwhelm we, uh, the elite, the carriers of the superior genes. He said, so we have to reduce the population drastically. And, he, and it, then he went on to methods of removing the natural instincts of the population to control them. And he said, we do it chemically through inoculation. Uh, he said, we could also alter the... the, the, the the physiognomy of the people by, or physiology of the people by giving them serums which would affect their hormonal drives and make the men more effeminate and the, and the, worm, the women more masculine. Uh, and sure enough, we see the effects of all this today. It has been done. Incredible things are happening and nothing happens out of the blue on, on such a scale that isn't caused by man. And yet the media flip over it as though it's quite a natural change it somehow just had to happen. They don't give you the reasons why anything did happen, but this was intentional. Uh, Galton Darwin talked about the use of estrogen, um, uh, super doses of it, uh, either put into the drinking water, the inoculations, uh, spraying it from the air, um, uh, putting it in the food, all different methods of doing so. And then we go back to, to some of the big baby food companies, um, which tie right into that. Now, they made it a fad in the 1950s to suddenly start getting special baby food. This is the age of science, you see, and science was to become the new dictator. And, uh, and Bertrand Russell said, we, we, we shall train the public to listen to the opinions of experts only, and so that they won't trust their own opinions. They'll have to listen to the experts, and they've done that. Well, in the 1950s, uh, companies like Procter & Gamble and other ones produced the baby foods and only about five or six years ago have they admitted that the, the, the fluid that they sterilized those little baby jars with just happened to be a synthetic form of estrogen. What a coincidence. Oh my goodness, yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah, uh-huh. And, and that's how it's presented always as, as just being some big coincidence. But isn't it strange that every coincidence falls in line with an agenda that was written so long ago? Oh, Alan, oh my goodness, that just absolutely freaks me out. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yep. Are they still doing this practice, or have we prevented that? Well, the, the, the xenoestrogens, as they're called, these artificial or synthetic estrogens, are in all plastics. And, they, and of course, they made it the fad for plastic bottled water, and they made it a yuppie thing, and now you see them walking about with plastic bottled water. It's in all plastics, so you get away from plastics altogether, because that's what contains it. Yeah. Oh, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Hang on. We're, just, we're out of time on this segment, but we are going to be back. You guys do not not go away. We'll be back with Alan Watt and Cutting Through the Matrix right after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to Journeys with Rebecca. We're here with Alan Watt. We are talking about Cutting Through the Matrix. And 
my goodness, I hope that everyone out there that is listening will please instruct anyone that they know to go back and listen to the show again. It's always going to be an archive because this is information that is a must-not-miss information with Alan Watt here today. You know, Alan, I appreciate all the information that you've shared with us, but you know, it kind of sounds like here that, you know, there's something here that, besides being aware, what can we do? What is this actually all about? What, mm-hmm. You know, i got a million questions. <laughs> yeah, I think all down through the ages, and this has been written about copiously by governments uh, of all kinds, so from kings and queens and, and courtiers to, to the present democratic types, is, is how much freedom do you give the public uh, balanced with, with law? Um, how many, much restrictions can you put on them and still have them cope? And of course they came up with the idea, if the public literally couldn't think for themselves, then they would have no more trouble with the public. Uh, so where do they go from there? Well, they talk about creating a new type of human through genetics, through, through scientific engineering, and they've done experiments on, on the brain. Aldo Huxley wrote Brave New World. He worked for Tavistock Institute. He has a lecture on my website that he gave at Berkeley in about 1962, and he talks about sticking wires in, in brains of humans and how you can control them. Now it's down to the chip, of course, where they're going. Um, they want to eliminate the individual sentient being from existing amongst the workers, the worker bees, that is. And, and like Charles Galt in Darwin's book, The Next Million Years, he said, we, the elite, of course, shall not alter ourselves because this will destroy the individual's ability for self-preservation. And since we are guiding the ship of Earth, uh, we must be, remain intact. So it's only for the rest of the populace that they want to alter the, the, actual, the physical brain of the person. Now, um, as Huxley, Huxley talked about is it the wires in the brain leading up to a chip in the brain, uh, that's actually where they're going because at the World Science Meeting at Loyola University in Louisiana in 2001, I think it was, um, they said that this chip for the brain is ready. And all they have to do now is convince the public to take it. And the, the scientists from Tokyo, and this, this meeting, by the way, was sponsored and paid for by the U.S. Department of Commerce. <laughs> and Newt Gingrich headed it off. Oh. And they said this chip is ready to go. Um, they will encourage the public to take it either through fear, that's terror, which is happening now, for safety. They will promote it through movies, films, and even cartoons. Write it into novels is a plus thing, you see, a favorable thing. And sure enough, the films are already out there since that meeting. And youngsters see it in their cartoons with their heroes with the chips. They can do amazing things, and that's how they're promoting this. It's a natural evolution, you might say. But, but then the scientists from Tokyo said the real purpose will eventually kick in. They said because there will be no more individuality. The people will be hooked up to regional computers that will control what they do, what they work at, and they said uh, it will be uh, virtually impossible to even perceive of yourself as a distinct separate individual. He said to think of it more like the beehive. Well, you know, one of the things that came out a few years ago is um, they came out with this chip that was supposed to be designed for, you talk about being fear-based, 
this chip was supposed to be implanted in people that had quote unquote medical conditions. Yeah. And then also to put into your children so if they ever got lost, they could be put on the Amber Alert list and be tracked. And, uh, you know, so yeah, so that much I did know about that brain chip. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that was the actual ultimate end purpose. I thought it was more for just kind of keeping track of people. And yeah. Really, and, and, but yeah, absolutely, you can lose your individuality. But it would be something that I, when I hear about that, I tell people, oh, absolutely don't do that. Not mm-hmm. because I want your life taken away. But I didn't know to what extent. Yeah. My heaven. Mm-hmm. That's just, this is all, it's so bomb barbaric. So I guess then their ultimate goal then would be that the elitists would be in control and charge and yeah. the rest of us are just going to be mindless. That is right. And that's their end goal. What a lonely place to be. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, it reminded me of the Star Trek series where they met the Borg. Yes, yes. And, and the Borg were exactly that. They were connected to a central computer. Um, they had no individual characteristics of their own. Uh, they were called the Hive, right. and uh, and that's what they said at the science meeting. They actually used that very same term. Think of it more like the Hive, where everybody's in their place and working in their place, and central regional or regional computers will be uh, um, sending thoughts to their heads and back. And he says you'll you'll hear other people's thoughts and instructions whispering through your head. Now that's just like the Borg on Star Trek. Um. Oh, what an awful place to be. And no individuality. No, that just doesn't seem right. So mm-hmm. let's let's carry this one step further because you've given, you know, I know you've just touched the tip of the iceberg with all this information. Mm-hmm. But what can we do? You know, I told you that, in the, you know, when we were on uh, commercial break, I said to you, I said, well, you know, one of the things that I have quit doing is when I go to the grocery store, I do not get plastic bags. I buy my milk and glass jugs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just felt like the right thing to do yeah. and now you're telling me that this, all of our plastics have, you know, have this and I'm just like oh heaven what can, what can we do what, mm-hmm. what is there that we can do yeah, you, you always watch how prevalent culture is pushed and promoted and do the opposite and so when they, they push the, the bottled water and plastic bottles uh, don't use them because that xenoestrogen that's in that plastic that soft plastic gives off this gas all the time and it goes into the water and you drink it and it does affect your, heart, your hormones big time which affects your mental state as well this was understood before they gave us the plastic bottles because they wrote so much about it back in the 50s uh, so everything that they're doing is on schedule it's according to an agenda which you can read about I've got lots of interviews on my website um, with lots more information going into detail on this and, uh, and try also not to get inoculation for any purpose because when you go back to the the old meetings of even the League of Nations which transformed into the United Nations at the very beginning in 1917 they had a a Department of Population Control and even there they had had world meetings where they discussed inoculating and sterilizing the public via inoculations And, and I think they've been doing it actually Oh, I, I have no doubt about that, none whatsoever. Yes. Um, here's, here's, here's a question that, in regards to inoculation. Most children cannot get into school if they are not inoculated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what can you do to bypass that if you want to choose to put your child in a public school system? 
you, you can fight it because uh, so far it isn't actual law. It might be policy, but it's not law, although they try to tell you it is. And many uh, teachers, uh, many parents have got forms and, um, and filled them out, and you're exempt from those inoculations. You don't have to take them at all. It's not actually law yet. Well, and you know, it's interesting when you're talking about the inoculation. Um, also, they're saying that these inoculations have also um, been attributed to a higher increase of people with autism as well. Oh, it's a fantastic increase. Yeah. Yes, and it has caused a lot of issues. And I also feel like that, um, you know, these inoculations are are part of a grander scheme. And you obviously told me that, but I always thought, no, I, I think there's worse than that because I, I, I see we see such an increase in... First of all, you were talking about people wanting to have children. There's a huge amount of infertility. In Massive, yep. There's also a huge increase in different, all kinds of strange and bizarre cancers. Mm-hmm. And that would be from all the chemicals and everything that they put in, as you said, in all of our plastic jugs, mm-hmm. food, yep. everything. I mean, this is all, you know, as you're sitting here telling me this, I'm like, well, this is all part of a, yeah. a bigger scheme of things that that would control the population. It also helps to generate, obviously, a lot of money for people who are cancer patients because yeah. there's big, huge dollars in that mm-hmm. for people to get cured from the cancer that they've created yeah. to begin with. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the, the, you find you find even um, with Doctor Salk who gave us the polio vaccine, and I'm actually dubious that anything to do with polio in the first place. But uh, I do have an old video of him uh, admitting that he knew amongst all the hundreds of live viruses, monkey viruses, because they, they grew this virus on on monkey tissue, mainly kidney. He said the simian forty virus was a virus that only seemed to have one function and that was to cause cancer and he knew that that was in every shot that was given and then he said but I, we thought the risk uh, weighed the the, 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 um, or the benefits that weighed the risk he said and, and so they went forward with it and sure enough it's like a time delayed cancer and people now are coming down with cancers much earlier and earlier so this was done on purpose they knew what they were doing and it, it came after world meetings even at the League of Nations long before that where they talked about that very thing how do we do the reduce the population and they came up with two approaches to it uh, in the West where there was media coverage and some education they realized they couldn't do a sudden kill on the public or, or a quick sterilization on the public so they would introduce slow acting debilitating diseases which would make a a person, say, with chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, ineligible as a, a prospective marriage partner. So, so that was one for the West, a slow crippling forms of disease. Whereas with Africa, because they didn't have any power, no influence in the world, they could do a quick kill. And we saw the AIDS introduced to Africa, which is decimating it. So they followed, they followed what they said a long time before that. They're doing it. Yeah. and sharing this information. Um, I know that your website, as you talked about, has a ton of information. And as we've been sitting here, I've been kind of scrolling through it. There is. There's massive quantities of information on your website. So if you would be so kind as to let people know how they can get a hold of you, 
um, what your website is, and any other information that you would like to share with them, because I think this is just too important to pass up. Hey, I think if they realize that this is a battle for the last of, of uh, many generations, countless generations of the public, it's a battle to retain your consciousness, and not only retain it, to regain it into what it should be in the first place, a real, true reality, um, and to ensure that those who come after us have the same rights to be born and healthy, and to have the ability to develop as independent, uh, living, sentient creatures, that's of, of prime importance. We are at the last phase of this right now, and we must speak out now about what's happening, and, and just say no more, enough is enough. And, and to tell the, the elitists and those in governments that we know what's going on, we have the evidence, we see it with our own eyes too, apart from the documentation, and we're not going to, we're not going to handle, uh, have it anymore. We've got to do it now because we are in, in the final battle for this. Well, and I couldn't agree with you more. So I urge each and every one of you to go to his website. What is that address again? It's cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Very simple, just like what we've been talking about, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Now, also, for those of you who may not have gotten that information, you will be able to click over directly from my website to Alan Watt's web website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, by just clicking on the link. You know, Alan, I think this, is, this subject matter is so very vital and important that um, I would like to invite you back here while we're sitting here talking. I'd like to invite you back. Um, we're going to get a little bit more specified um, in our next uh, conversation if you'd be interested in coming back um, as I do a little bit more research on this. Um, and please, for those of you out there listening, if you have a question or comment on today's show, please do not hesitate to write mailbag at journeyswithrebecca.com because I'd like to hear more about it. I think this is just way too important. So if there's anybody else who'd like to share some information, we'd love to hear from you. Alan, this has just been absolutely eye-opening, stupendous. I cannot thank you enough for being here on the show today. And again, his website is cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Alan, thank you so much for being here today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.